It starts with the desire to live beyond the walls of mediocrity, outside the confines of normal. People who laugh at the ridiculous notion of comfort. It's a community of performers. People with a fire to build their own roads and control their own destiny. Welcome to The Chad Shipley Show. Hey everyone, Chad here and welcome to another edition of The Chad Shipley Show where I bring you interesting, insightful, and entertaining content or people. All in all, it's a show to help you stimulate ideas. <laughs> stimulate is my new favorite word. For some crazy reason, it just makes me really happy when I say it. Okay, today's show is on a topic that I think is extremely important, and unfortunately, it's not one that's getting talked about enough, and that is what I'll just call toxic people in a work environment. Well, toxic people anywhere sucks, but I'll keep the lens on the work environment for this particular episode. Now, from a structure perspective, structure of the show, I'm going to tie a couple of reference points to the problem, including my own personal experience, and then I'm going to give some recommendations for how you can not only make sure that you are not one of these people, but that you focus on all of the opposite things that these people are and do in efforts of really standing out and climbing the ladder faster than you ever imagined. It's really some low-hanging fruit to get you to where you want to be, but it's stuff that no one's really paying attention to. The fact is, the technical skills, technical meaning the skills you need to do a job or perform well at a job are only a very small piece of what will make you a top performer. For example, and I get into this more in the show, but if you are a project manager and you are project management certified, meaning you have taken a test and you've proven that you've done so much experience in the project management realm of the world, to me, that means that you have the technical skills to do the job. That does not mean that you will be effective at it, and I'll explain why in a bit. Okay, toxic people. It could be people who are know-it-alls, people who are highly skilled at their function, but they're miserable to be around, people who are disrespectful or closed-minded, people who are arrogant or ego-fueled, people who just flat-out suck the air right out of the room. They are straight-up stealing your oxygen. It could be a manager who just sucks at leading and providing and guiding and serving, I recently had a friend reach out to me and asked if I was hiring because her manager literally makes people on the team cry every single day. He belittles, he goes on power trips, he does everything he can to embarrass and criticize in front of other people. He's basically a huge asshole roaming around the office on some insane manager ego power trip. And most of you out there already know that there are two types of people in this world that I really, really, really despise bullies and haters. We talked about this in the EJ Hall episode. People who bully others, they do that because they are weak ass people who can't figure out how to deal with their own shit and they have to take it out on someone else. The bigger the bully, the weaker, the more pathetic, the little piece of shit you are. Ugh, I hate bullies and haters. <laughs> now, why am I so amped up and angry and using such harsh language? Because I can. I'm saying what all of you listening wish you could scream over an intercom to your entire company, but you can't. You can't talk about it. These people are protected. They're protected by a bunch of huge corporate red tape and regulatory bullshit. If they are recognized as a problem, it's multiple below expectation reports and disciplinary plans before you can let them go. Hence, the enormous industry of recruiting and staffing firms and companies hiring you on a contract basis or a contract to hire. To me, that's another way of saying that a company doesn't want to take the risk until they're sure you are a good fit, which I don't blame them because of this particular topic, what I'm talking about here. 
I mean, perhaps there are yearly operational budget concerns, but a large piece of this is risk mitigation. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'll let you guys tell me. For some jobs, it does make sense because the work demand fluctuates or is term-based. So I know a lot of people are gonna come back and be like, no, 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 it makes a lot of sense for us to do it this way. Like a 12-month project manager position. You only need that project manager for a very specific project and you need them to have maybe an industry-specific skill set, whatever it would be. At the end of the project, I get it, you, you don't wanna hire them full-time because it was very specific. But I've also seen the opposite. I've, I have a colleague who is a rising star not only does he have great technical skills, he has great people skills and leadership potential. And I just heard that he had to turn down a job because they insisted on doing a contract to hire, meaning they wanted him to work as a contractor for six months, and then they would decide whether or not they wanted to give him a full-time, a full-time job. To him, that's crap. To me, that's crap. He's awesome, and he wants a place that appreciates having people like him who are willing to work hard. I don't blame him. He's very talented and he has great and high level references. I know of at least one executive that would give him an outstanding reference along with myself. So to me, that company really blew it. They should have been able to properly vet and filter. The problem is if you don't have a great mechanism to filter out the bad weeds before they get in the door and really start to grow or to really test out the good fakers, then you end up in a situation where you have assholes in the company and it takes forever to get them the hell out. And those people will literally bring things to a mind-blowingly slow crawl. And the higher they go, the faster their cancer spreads and the more potent it becomes, bringing everything in their path to a screeching halt. And these people often find shelter through relationships with powerful people within the company or they find safety in having very strong technical skills or the fact that you can't do what I'm doing right now and say, this person is an asshole and then just fire them. This is the conference that I wanna speak at. These are the type of conferences that I wanna be speaking at. How do we identify and fire toxic people? Or how do we prevent them from ever getting in? I am actually piggybacking off of an amazing video from Gary Vee, and if you don't know Gary, just Google him. He's probably one of the most recognized faces on social media today. But I watched a clip of a video where he was addressing what looks to be HR professionals, executives, founders, etc. And he talked about the importance of culture and how they should fire their best employee if that person is a person that is destroying their culture. He literally told them, go back and fire the person that's creating ripples because that person is going to slow everything down and break one of the most important and sacred things that he wants to protect, which is culture. And I love this so much because it's very, very true and I can deeply relate. I come from a management consulting background, so we as management consultants had to effectively learn how to work with a wide array of personalities, egos, et cetera. Every single project was different. We had so many different people with different personalities and different work operating procedures and how they kind of interacted, blah, 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 blah. And this is why emotional intelligence is so important to me. The most effective people in the world have very high EQ and are able to navigate these social complexities. This is what I talked about at the CIO Summit last year that I was a keynote speaker at, sharing the stage with my mentor and boss at the time, one of the premier CIOs here in Pittsburgh. The guy is absolutely amazing. And we, we did this presentation, and during my, my piece of the presentation, I actually asked the entire audience this question. 
do project managers need to know how to create a project plan and identify and communicate risk and options to mitigate those risks and track issues and identify critical paths and understand project management methodologies, etc. Everyone raised their hands. Yes, project managers need to know all of those things. I'll call these the technical skills of project management. Then I asked, does knowing all of these things make you an effective project manager? So in other words, if they are PM certified, do you know that they are effective? And they all started shaking their heads no or saying no. And they were collectively and absolutely correct. Here's why. You can know the tactical and technical skills of project management inside and out. In fact, being PM certified is great for just that. But if you can't build relationships to move fast, build trust with your team and get them to want to work with you, if you can't empathize with their situation, if people flat out just dislike you, or if you are constantly projecting negativity or frustration or your own shit onto them, you're going to be ineffective. You could have 30 years of experience. If no one on the team wants to work with you, you're going to be nowhere near as effective as the exact opposite. Someone who inspires and builds and supports and guides. I always say, give me the person that has those skills and I can teach them how to create a project plan or a critical path because everyone's going to want to work with them. I once had a project manager give me five a five-plus page resume to make sure that I was understanding how many years beyond years of experience they had, which is great. Experience is amazing and it can be highly leveraged. But no one wanted this person to PM the project any longer. What do I do with that? I've been very keen on these types of things through my career. The abstract things that make people extremely effective or the things that absolutely destroy either a person's professional growth or the productivity in which they are supposed to be contributing to. So hearing Gary V come out and say, we need to start paying attention to this. He even said something along the lines of, Emotional intelligence being the most important thing we're going to be talking about for the next 10 years, the next decade. And just to, by the way, I actually watched this video after I gave that keynote speech with my mentor and boss at the time. So it made me feel really good and further validated to see this video come out from Gary Vee. And just another side note, one of my former bosses, another executive in Pittsburgh, actually just one CIO of the year here in Pittsburgh, he saw our presentation and asked if we would come speak to his entire IT team and perform that same exact presentation because he thought it was very powerful and it's the stuff that no one is talking about. But it is absolutely the critical skills that give people, groups, teams, organizations a super power. And all it takes is a few rotten and toxic people to start to destroy it all, which is why this episode and these types of conversations are so important to start having. Now, to give you a personal example, one of which happened well before I saw the Gary Vee video and one that I've used an example as an example many, many times in the past, including the CIO Summit, is where two high-level leaders in an organization despised one another. To make it worse, they both had egos that were through the roof. Now, remember how I said the more powerful you become and the higher you go, the more the cancer spreads. Well, these two had collectively around, I don't know, 30 or more people under them within their organizations, give or take, I don't know. Doesn't matter, it was enough to be a complete and utter disaster. And to make matters worse, these two separate teams had to be very closely aligned given the two functions that they served. They couldn't even have an effective meeting or exchange emails constructively. It was a nightmare and it brought everything to a complete halt. 
I witnessed a similar experience where a very, very talented resource essentially was able to keep their job simply because of how good they were and how much they knew about the ins and outs of some of the very complex technical processes that we had built in within the architecture. Instead of documenting anything, they kept it in their head and treated everyone like shit, but everyone basically had to just deal with it because this person was quote unquote too good. Well, hopefully my entire rant here is calling into question what good or too good actually means in the impact that people like this can really have on everyone else around them. Now, I will throw in a simple caveat here. If you have a tough manager or a person who expects high results, that is different than what I'm what I'm dressing right now. Or if you are a miserable employee and are mad that your boss gives you constructive feedback or is asking you to perform at a high level, I'm not saying that person is an ass and giving you an excuse to be subpar. I'm talking about people who make other people feel like complete and utter shit or that really suck at bringing out the best in others. Put two two of those people in the same room and nothing will ever get done. Even worse, put that person in a room with a positive, upbeat, results-driven person and they might suck the life out of them because they keep getting in the way of everything that person or team is trying to do. I suspect everyone that's listening to this is that person, the positive, upbeat, results-driven person. And that's why this is so important for me to be addressing you because I want you to have the tools to not only understand how bad of a problem this is, but but to figure out how to use it to your advantage. And by the way, this, this can be any level. Top level leaders typically get there because of them being the opposite of everything I am describing and they deserve high respects, but maybe not. One of the things that I laugh at now when I think back to some of my consulting experiences is the seriousness of it all. Like the big wigs come into a room, they don't smile, they're not nice, they try to shoot holes through everything you say or do and essentially they're just being huge assholes on ego trips. And here's why I can say that. I've grown into a leadership position and I've sat at the important tables. Things are way more effective and people bring their best when they feel their best. I hold important meetings, but I'm always looking for ways to make people feel comfortable in those meetings. I like when people smile and laugh. Yes, if there's something that needs to be addressed, let's get serious and let's address it. Let's make sure we're thinking clearly and asking the right questions in a constructive way and we are going deep on the areas that we need to go deep on. But you don't have to set a stage where every person in the room is scared to even talk or say the wrong thing or voice ideas. That kind of culture prohibits idea stimulation, there's my word, and creativity and people that want to really work for you and move the ball forward. How the hell? Is anything ever going to get done when people show up in a lousy state because that's the culture? Not only do I work to set the opposite, I've seen leaders, great, great leaders, the best leaders create a great culture. They set the right stage everywhere they go and I'm here to tell you it's a thousand times more effective than the asshole on their ego trip expecting everyone to rule out the red carpet every time they show up to a meeting. Make people feel good and comfortable and want to bring their best and they'll bring their best. Setting the tone, likability, emotional intelligence, planning properly, 
executing with excellence, respecting flow states, which means giving your creatives time to work uninterrupted. If you have computer programmers that you pull into meetings sporadically throughout the day, you are setting a terrible culture because you fundamentally don't understand what it takes for these people to tap into a flow state and produce their best work. These are all topics that I am deeply passionate about, developing a lot of content around, building courses and frameworks, and will continue speaking on. Now, I said at the beginning that I would give some advice for how to address, so let me throw a few things out here that you can take action on immediately. The fact that these toxic people exist is just that. It's a fact. It's not something that I'm going to be able to solve here on a podcast. I'll let Gary V keep tackling the problem by talking to leaders about the impact. In the meantime, I'm going to focus on bringing awareness to the problem, but more importantly, giving you the tools to flip the switch and use it to your advantage. Instead of them sucking the air out of you and out of the room, take their negativity and build it into a stepping stone for your own career. Don't think of these people as barriers. Think of them as low-hanging fruit to catapult your your progress, your success, your promotions, your career. Because the worse they are and the more of them that you have in your company, the easier it is for you to stand out by focusing on all of the right things. Now, if your manager is this person or you are just surrounded by a lame, low-performing group of people, I have an entirely different concept and content Develop for that, but that's for another day. Okay, here are the tools. A huge pillar of my framework is called building your foundation. You need to make sure your game is in check and that you are developing the right personal brand. This is one of the easiest ways to differentiate yourself from everyone else, but it takes some work on yourself. When I left consulting and took a job locally in Pittsburgh, I was promoted three times in three years, and it's because I focused very hard on the things that no one else paid attention to or paid very little attention to. And I'm not saying everyone, but the majority of people did not do all of these small things that I put a lot of emphasis and focus behind. While everyone usually focuses on their specific job and their function and getting better at that job or that function, it's important, don't get me wrong, I focused on all of the things that were kind of in between that added a lot of value. I call it abstract value because it's not tangible. You can't touch it, but it adds a ton of value. Building cross-team relationships and working to bridge broken areas or making people feel good every time I talk to them, which I still do, or working hard to work well with everyone. If If two people hated each other, I wanted to be a bridge and I love making other people happy. I actually had a vice president tell me that they liked me so much because I was just one of those people that every time they walked by, I like smiled and said hi to them. The simplest thing in the entire world. Everyone else would put their head down when they walked by and not say a word. And I get it. They might be intimidated by this person, but this person is just a person. They're going through shit upon shit every single day. They're dealing with all kinds of complexities and politics and egos and all of the stuff that really brings corporate America to a halt, this, you know, these people are dealing with that kind of stuff every single day to see someone walk by and have enough courage to just smell at them and say, hi, that meant the world to this person in particular. And I know that it means everything to everyone because now I'm one of those people. So I love when people are constantly reaching out and saying hi and being nice and being positive. And I just a side note, I'm not bragging. I share, I'm sharing these tools that helped catapult me into a leadership position very, very quickly. Tools that most people don't pay attention to. 
And ironically enough, just the other morning, I saw an article on Forbes talking that was talking about this, the very small things that you can do to build relationships and how building relationships is a huge part of what you will be able to accomplish. I think of this stuff a lot as building your brand, your personal brand. In consulting, brand is everything. The people are the product that's being sold, right? They are the service that generates all the revenue. And the quality of the product represents the value to the customer and the overall brand to the company. Now, just to talk about management consulting for a second, going in, I had a significant gap. Significant. I can't emphasize it enough. From a skills and academic perspective, compared to all of my peers, I was drastically behind <laughs> from both skills and knowledge perspective. But I thought that if I worked hard and asked for help and did everything I could to learn and to contribute, I would stay afloat. And I did all of those things and they did help a lot. But the one thing that I undervalued was the ability to build relationships and be a force of positivity versus another toxic anchor from hell. I actually worked with a girl right off the bat that was very, very intelligent, way beyond my mental capacity and had a bit of a dominating way about her, but she was very, very skilled. Well, it turns out I heard later that she was actually asked by a client to be removed from the project, which is not good. In a profession like consulting, it's easy to see why these things matter so much. And just as an exercise, let me let me kind of give this to you, for you guys to kind of visualize. And this isn't the way that management consulting actually is, but it's a great way to think of your work environment because it'll totally, in a snap, change the way that you're thinking about everything. So imagine that every single person you interact with is paying for you to be there and gets to decide if you are going to continue having a job or if that you are adding value. Every single meeting you go into, imagine that person gets to walk out of that meeting and tell someone that you are either valuable or you are not. You'll start to operate very differently. Your brand, your reputation is everything. So here's a few tips. Be humble. The less you talk about you, the more others will. When I started, I didn't come in with a prestigious educational backdrop or tons of experience to boast about. I just wanted to work hard and help. That mentality, regardless of your level in life, will get you further than you can ever imagine. I, I'm still like this years and years and years later. I, there's a lot of things that I don't know. I have to ask for help. I don't ever come into a situation thinking that I am on a pedestal to everyone else because the people that do that become extremely ineffective very quickly. Okay, be focused on progress and the greater good versus your ego or self-fulfillment. This is extremely important. Do things that will move the ball forward on progress, not things that will make you feel better. For example, I often get the urge to respond to a negative email with my own frustration, but that is essentially gonna create an ego battle back and forth in email. If I stop and ask, will this help move things forward? I often feel the urge to reframe what I am saying because me going back at them in a negative manner is going to just create more spin. It's gonna create that back and forth emails and it's not gonna help move anything forward. Instead of me thinking about defending my own territory or my turf or my own ego, if I say, how are we going to come to the greater good to get this thing going in the right direction? 
the way I'm going to respond is going to be much, much different. Okay, set the tone, your tone, and it doesn't matter what level you are. You can be very low level or you can be high level. Obviously, when you're at a high level and you have a lot of people that report to you, this is really, really critical, but you can make a huge difference. Just like I said, when I walked by to the VP and said hi every day, it has an impact. Set the tone, your tone, be happy all the time, laugh, be likable. I actually feel like I am a very introverted person. Social things and talking to people can exhaust me, which is probably why the majority of these podcasts are done on my own, just, just me sitting here talking to you. But I get energized by just being happy and by being thankful. Don't try to act serious or important or serious to imply that you're important. A lot of people do that. They try to act so serious because they want people to think the more serious they are, the more important they are, which is just flat out not true. That's all shit. Enjoy what you do. Enjoy the people you have around you. Enjoy your opportunity to make a difference. Ask constructive questions, give constructive ideas, show curiosity and desire. To this day, I still try to build relationships and then ask people for help. I just did this a few days ago. When you think you're the know-it-all, people don't want to help you. But when you say, listen, I don't know this area very well. I'm actually working on a project right now. I have zero knowledge to the subject matter that we're kind of working through. And I'm coming in in a very senior management position kind of level, and I have to say to the team members, listen, I don't know this stuff really well at all. I'm going to need your help to bring me up to speed, and I'm going to need you to simplify it in a way where I can really fundamentally understand. When you do that, when you say I don't know or I, I need your help and you show desire, people are willing to pour themselves into you. And don't try to climb by throwing others under the bus. Help to elevate and support others, and you'll expedite your own climb. Empathize. Try to put yourself in other people's position and relate to what is happening to them, right? I just talked about this with the VP. There are things going on all the time that these people are dealing with personally and professionally. They might be in a very bad mood for whatever reason. They might have 500 things on their plate and only be able to focus on one. Try to understand where they're coming from and figure out how you can operate in a way that will help them. It might just be as simple as being an easy person to talk to or be in a meeting with because you're asking very simple questions or you're planning for meetings very properly, right? Like the last thing a person that's really busy and aggravated wants to do is come into a meeting that was very poorly planned. There's no real agenda. There's just a bunch of people. You're not really sure who should even be there. And you're just sitting around talking. And the only outcome from that meeting is that you need to schedule more meetings. That is, that's not empathizing with people's situations and their time. If you go above and beyond that and you say, I'm going to have this person in my meeting. This person I know has a lot of things on their plate. I'm going to be very specific going into the meeting, letting them know here's exactly what our objective is to solve. And here's the things that I'm really going to need from each of these people and the topics that we need to be talking about. That gives them a little bit of a forewarding of what you need from them. It sets the agenda for the meeting of what you guys want to be talking about. And it allows everyone to have a much more effective conversation. It's not going to pow on to this person's frustration of being pulled into meetings for no reason and taking away their time that they need to be working on these 500 other things. Okay, sorry, I go on these rants. 
gratitude above all be very grateful and express gratitude a lot have gratitude for people's time for their help for their guidance and their direction when people do show up to your meetings you know that they're very busy doing other things be thankful that they came and gave you that time if you do ask for help and they give you help be very thankful that they did that don't just walk away make sure that they know how thankful you are that they took the time to pour into you. Okay, sorry, I'm on a rant here a little bit. Uh, here's a summary of everything that I just kind of went through. Very, very nice and concise. Set the tone. Show up positive, happy, and be likable. Say hi, smile, make people want to bring their best. Two, contribute. Ask constructive questions and give constructive ideas. Three, be humble. Focus on the ball moving forward, not on your ego. Four, be open. Don't be a know-it-all. Listen to others and be open to ideas and feedback. Be vulnerable. Five, be thirsty. Have a desire to learn and expand your skills and knowledge base. Be very, very curious. Six, be a bridge. Build strong relationships. You'll move faster than you could ever imagine. Seven, empathize. Don't project frustration. Be sensitive to what is going on in other people's minds and their worlds, etc. Eight, show gratitude. Be thankful for everyone's time all the time and say thank you every chance you get. People enjoy giving time and wisdom and direction to others tenfold when they know how much the person appreciates it and will use it. Now believe me, I have messed up a lot in my life. I'm very flawed. We all are. Well, maybe I shouldn't say I'm very flawed. I'm flawed. <laughs> Saying I'm very flawed to someone that's never met me might give you a very bad impression. I'm flawed. We all are. But there are things that I absolutely work very hard on and are the types of things that have allowed me to build relationships with amazing mentors and the things that have fueled my professional career. I didn't even know how to send an email my freshman year of college, 2001. I didn't even know how to send an email. Fast forward 2006, I'm graduating and I'm going to work as a technology analyst at one of the largest management technology consulting companies in the entire world with some amazingly bright and talented people. My dad used to ask me all the time if I was going to be okay in management consulting for such a large company because of how behind the times I was. I didn't know how to answer that. I was going to do what he did and work hard and do what both my parents taught me to do, which was to be really kind. I do not survive that first year without all of the things that I just went through. And I definitely do not get to where I am today without a very huge focus on all of those things. I am a master at the things that I just talked to you about. I am not a master at a lot of the subject matter expertise and specific domains, the things that most people spend a lot of time learning and building. So I'm not saying those things are bad. Actually, I wish I had more expertise in a lot of different areas because I could be even more effective. But for the people that think that just going to college and getting a degree in a specific function or becoming certified in a specific area of the world like project management is going to be what it takes to get you to where you want to go, that is a false belief. You need to have all of these other things. And these things are across almost every single area of the world. I mean, even in personal lives, these are the things that are really going to be the, the, the difference makers in the quality of your relationships, in, in your attitude, in your happiness from day to day, etc. 
And when I talk about this stuff and my experiences to executives, they seem to like me because I'm so focused on this stuff, stuff that is often undervalued or just ignored. Okay, that's the show. If you would like to book me to come talk to your team or do a keynote speech, let me know. Send me an email through chatshipley.com or just reach out to me on social platforms. As I said, I have a lot of content and courses around this type of material. My framework is built on three pillars that can be applied to anything. The first pillar, as I mentioned, is called building your foundation. This is your brand, and the idea behind this pillar is that great people give great gifts to the world. And regardless of what you do or end up doing, and regardless of what you achieve, being a person is the bedrock of it all. Being a good person, being a person that you can be proud of at your core, a person that you know in your soul is good and is here to do good things. There are people who are great at performing and achieving, but they screw up or struggle with this foundational piece, which is the blueprint, the brand. And here's the thing. If you don't focus on being a person that builds trust and has integrity, you're going to have shitty relationships. So make all the money in the world. You'll probably remain unfulfilled, which is why building your foundation part is so critical. I have never met someone who has every area of life figured out. Financial freedom, career achievements, health and vitality, relationships, friendships, parenting, spiritual completeness, etc. We all struggle and we all have baggage. But those of us who reflect and acknowledge and continue stepping forward are the people that bring joy to this world and the people who will ultimately find happiness and fulfillment. If you've done things that you're not proud of, you have even more of a reason to give what you can back to this world. We are here now and we're moving forward on a different path, a better road and a new journey. Without this first pillar, everything falls apart. The second pillar of my framework is called establishing your presence, which takes a look at how you can effectively operate within the various circles of your life, your work, your family, your recreation, your creative passions. In this piece of the framework, I have content built for you to explore insights into how to effectively integrate yourself into all that you do. The third pillar is called executing with excellence, which will give you the tools to master your circles, whatever those circles of life are for you, and become an absolute high-performing execution machine. It doesn't matter if you're building a business or being a parent. These are universal tools that will help you to begin transcending the person you are right now into the person that you dream yourself to be. There's a common notion that's becoming very popular with regards to self-imposed limitations. The majority of people live very mediocre lives and they will never even come close to meeting their full potential. They have no idea what their limits even are. They're okay being in the crowd and they have no desire to ever be on stage. To me, that is absolutely terrifying. Okay, in summary, building your foundation, that's ourselves and the character that we live with. Establishing your presence, that's our environments and how we operate within them. Executing with excellence, that's our mastery and how we execute to become top performing machines. I am taking all of my personal experiences coupled with the best insights and lessons from the amazing books that I've read and the content that I've consumed and I'm synthesizing it into this logical framework. And something very cool, I'm not even sure I wanna start talking about it yet, but I am working on developing a delivery mechanism that I've, I've never personally seen so that you can get the ultimate learning experience in the most efficient and effective way possible. The way that I train for the marathon is the way that I am now dedicated to building this framework and the content within. 
So stay tuned. Lots more to come there. And make sure to share this with anyone that you think will either enjoy it because they're in a similar situation and they can use it and learn from it and grow. And they are a top performer and they work with a lot of people that are getting, that are just sucking the air out of them. Or maybe you can kindly recommend it to someone that is this person and is just driving everyone else bonkers. I'd say be careful on how you go about doing that. But the more you guys share it and the more the people like it and get value out of it, the more effective the whole show becomes because I start to deliver focused content that really helps all of you. That's it. Have a great day. Bye.